Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Sometimes I pray 
Yes, 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 yes. Good morning, family and friends. Good evening, good afternoon. Whatever time setting you're in, it's morning time for us. And we're so grateful to be amongst the living this morning. Hallelujah. Not because we've been so good and did all the things right and, you know, all that other stuff. Hallelujah. But we're here because we have a burning desire to be here. And we know the Father loves us, and he did wake me up this morning. And if he woke me up this morning, it's only because there's an assignment, hallelujah, for you and I this morning. I certainly pray that the weekend passing was a great weekend. I've had a wonderful weekend. I've done a lot of travel. And I am back, hallelujah, here this morning. Yesterday morning, I longed to be but wasn't able to get connected, amen. So God bless you this morning. Father, I thank you this morning for an opportunity to even just to know that all of your words are true. I thank you this morning that I believe in your resurrected son and I believe in you, Father, that you are the most high. I believe that there's no power, nowhere above, under, beneath, that is like the power of the Most High. So this morning, I humbly come before your throne. I ask you, Father Lord, if you forgive me for all sins, whether they were commissioned, committed, omitted. If there be any this morning, Father, that is lurking, or anything that I've said to anyone, or anything that I've done that will cause your heart to be broken or saddened, I ask you, Father, to forgive me. I repent not only, Lord, for my own action, but for those that are falling, Lord, those that can't seem to find their way, those that are in trouble this morning, those that have turned away from your articles, those that have turned their backs on the law. I pray, God, I pray that you will break their hearts this morning, that they will know that they have sinned, and they will come running into you, Father, asking you, for forgiveness, repenting of their sin, so much hurt, so much suffering. The children are suffering all around the world. Some father suffering like the parents, and some don't even, some of the parents don't even know the problem. 
But Father, we are the problem, Father. For you said, train a child up in a way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. Some have departed from the faith this morning. Some never knew the faith. Some don't walk in grace. They walk in religion. Oh, Father, you know what our eyes see and our ears hear. We ask you this morning if you would have mercy upon those people, Father. Have mercy upon my daughter, Father, Lord, and a little friend, Father, for the suffering and turmoil that they're going through and the things, Lord, that this world put children through. Oh, Father, have mercy this morning. Father, you and you alone are able this morning to remove every unjust regime, to, Lord, turn things around in the life of these children, Father, Lord, for these children are our future, Father. And as I look, Lord, I see that this world is even closing in on the children. They attack them through social media with drugs and suicide and all types of things, Father, Lord. Lord, have mercy this morning, Father. Father, I know you can, and I know that you will. You'll have mercy, Father, Lord, and you will save your children today, Father. I bind up every spirit this morning that is trying to operate in the life of these children. I bind up every spirit, and I break the power of Satan, amen, that he's trying to have over these kids this morning. And I decree and declare now, Father, Lord, that these children, Father, Lord, will walk in victory, Lord, will walk in love. And that the parents, Father, Lord, will love these children, Father. We will love them and pray for them. Every spirit of pedophilia and idolatry and adultery, homosexuality, and all such type spirits that is coming up on the earth, that is here, Lord, that is upon the children today. I stand in the gap, Father, and I pray for the mothers and fathers of these children, Father, that you turn their hearts back toward the children, Father, and that fathers, men will be fathers and women will be mothers, Lord, and we will be grandparents, Father, Lord, to our children, teaching them the right way that they should go, Father. Oh, Lord, you, <coughs> you alone, Lord, is able to do this thing today. And then, Father, we pray, God, for those that are in leadership today, Lord. We pray that they will make the right choices and the right decision, Father, Lord. Lord, you put up and you pull down. You appoint and you place in offices and places, Lord. Lord, we thank you this morning, Lord, that whatever you do, you have a plan and a purpose, Father. I thank you this morning, Father. And then, Father, for my people, Lord Israel, Lord, that are lost this morning, not knowing who they are. Amen. Not knowing, Father Lord, what our what our ancestors have been through for 400 years, Father Lord, we're here in a land that is not ours, Lord. Been given a religion, Lord. Our name's been changed, Father Lord. Oh God, but the same thing that happened then happened now. The name changed, but the game is same. Have mercy, Father. And then, Father Lord, you said that you will take care of those that have afflicted and those that have did things unto your people, Father, have mercy even upon them, Father. For I know that their punishment will be still, Father. But Father, we come this morning to say thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, Lord, for my daughter this morning, Father, Lord. I thank you that she will do your good and perfect will. I thank you, Father, Lord, that all that I've done and all that I've lived before her, Father, Lord, that, Lord, you'll put in remembrance, Father, who she is, Father, that she may do your good and perfect will. I just thank you this morning, Lord, for my life, health, and strength, for my family. I thank you, Father, this morning that I have no doubt that you are already working it out. And I give you the glory now, Father. I give you the glory in advance. 
for what you'll do in the life of your children today. And the most high, Yah, Selah, and I thank you for Yahshua. Hallelujah. No matter how high I get, I'm going to still be looking up to the most high. Hallelujah. Thank you for bringing me over the dangerous highway as I travel. You bought me from and I thank you. Even though my job Hallelujah. But temptation gets strong sometimes, but if it lasts too long, oh, it'll always be the call at the right time. Say, oh, it be strong. Oh, the very
No matter how high I get, I, I still beating up to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we came down to the part that I love and everyone else loves. This part is the unadulterated gospel. Hallelujah. The last time on the set, we were talking, amen, from a growing confidence. You know, I want you to be confident this morning that you are not just existing. You're not just sitting around being the goody, goody two-shoe, uh, being what uh, the Most High said you should be in order for you to inherit eternal life. But you're sitting and you're making time, amen. You're marking time because you believe this morning that there is a higher power. You believe this morning that you will stand before the, <coughs> excuse me, you will stand before the Almighty. And I want you to know this morning there's hope 
for the hurting, that if you would stop, stop trying to be who you're not, stop trying to participate in places you don't, stop trying to participate in organization, going places and doing things that you know you're not. Hallelujah. We uh, sometimes we change our uh, personality. We change the way we look. We change the way we dress. We do all of these things to impress. Well, I want to press up on you this morning the word of God. Hallelujah. That's able to save you. Able to bring deliverance and healing. I want to finish this little coffee right quick. I want to bring back to your memories the last words you heard Friday morning with a growing confidence. And uh, the golden text of that was, we are bound to thank Yah always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. 2 Thessalonians 1 3. And I'm going to go through it because this is a lesson that was already taught Friday. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to bring the conclusion of the matter. And I want you to keep lifting me in prayer. Amen. There's many viruses and germs out there that is so easy for you to contract. So if I was you, I would do plenty garlic tea, and I would begin to leave a lot of um, dairy product in this season. You know, a lot of, I don't want to get into that part of it. We're going to stick with the word. Um, here, I stop down with the part uh, where it says the nature of Yah's judgment, Second Thessalonians, uh, first chapter six to the eight verse, and it says, having mentioned Yah's righteousness judgment in verse five of Second Thessalonians, first chapter, verse five, Paul now begins to describe the nature of that judgment and what it meant for his readers who should keep in mind that Paul is not writing a detailed, precise, or even a chronological prophetic epistle, but rather is wanting to give the Thessalonians hope that in the end, Yah's righteousness would prevail for them and for their Tormentors. First, the first and second Thessalonian Christian focus. Hallelujah. The apostle states that uh, God will, in fact, judge those who were persecuting the believers in Thessalonian. Yeah, all persecution will be persecuted. It is right that he should repay them with tribulation or affliction 
For this is in accordance with the divine principle that people reap what they sow, Galatians 6, 7. Um, even over in uh, uh, Matthew 7 and 12, as you would that men do unto you, do you even also unto them. For this is the law and the prophet, Matthew 7 and 12. So a lot of times, you know, you want to pray for people they didn't got saved and everything, you know, and they have hurted people and, you know, lived any kind of loose lifestyle. And now that they came to the kingdom of the Lord and everything, you don't feel that they should be judged for their unrighteousness. Yes, he's a forgiving God, no doubt about it. He will forgive sin. But sometimes, say for instance, someone have HIV or someone been shot or whatever the tragic may be, you know, they may have gotten that away, you know, uh, uh, in the midst of their um, undoing, I mean, wrongdoing. It don't mean that the father will undo that which uh, has come upon them, but he will bless them. He will save them and he will redeem them from the hand of the enemy. Anyone that is listening this morning that have not come to know the Almighty and is not keeping his word, uh, the word of God said, I love them that love me. So if you don't keep the word of the Almighty, then you cannot say that you love him because you got to first love people that you don't want to love. You got to love them. You know, I was off visiting and I felt pretty, 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 pretty. Uh, I just felt like, you know, it wasn't the right type of treatment there where I was at, but I know how I treat people. So I kindly respected, honored, you know, and positioned myself and did what I had to do. And then I uh, got myself out of that way as quick as I could, because you don't have to be anywhere where you're being wrongfully treated. So these people here in Thessalonians, hallelujah, reaping time was coming up on them, hallelujah. Some of them because they had wrongfully treated these people, even after they, some of them themselves had changed when they walked and came into this light. Hallelujah. But their own family and friends, excuse me, began to <coughs> excuse me, mistreat them. Hallelujah. And so in the midst of their mistreatment, Hallelujah. It says in Galatians 6 and 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked, but whatever man sows, that he will also reap. But he who sows in his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows in the spirit will of the spirit. See, that's why we have to become spiritually enlightened, spiritual minded so that we can reap of the spirit, hallelujah, everlasting life, hallelujah. And then it tells us that we shouldn't become weary, you know, and all of the sowing in the spirit, instead of you retaliating with words, uh, uh, getting even with a situation, uh, the word says here, yeah, amen, if we would sow into the spirit, we're gonna reap into the spirit, everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, we shall reap if we don't faint, if we don't lose heart. Hallelujah. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, 
especially those who are the household of faith. Hallelujah. So the word this morning, it tells us even in the midst of all of the abuse and the mistreatment that we take from uh, one another and we take from those that call themselves believers. I have in my life saw so many people that call upon the name God, hallelujah. They call upon Jesus. They call upon many names, but they themselves, hallelujah, they have not really met the true God. Because if you really, really, really obey the word this morning, if you really study and obey the word of God, hallelujah, then your life would change. You won't be the same way uh, you used to be. Hallelujah. You won't participate in the same activity you used to participate in. You won't say what you used to say. Change would come. So the people in Thessalonians here, amen, Paul was telling them that these people was going to reap everything that they had done to the people. See, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to mock you. Hallelujah. But Paul said the coming judgment upon the wicked would bring rest for the persecuted Christians in Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1.7. The idea is that both the Thessalonians and Paul and his companions would experience rest. See, there's rest this morning. Hallelujah. If you're walking in him, if you're walking in truth and righteousness, obeying the word of God, doing what he has commissioned and commanded you to do, hallelujah, if you are walking in his grace this morning, if you're keeping the faith this morning, if you're praying for your accusers this morning, your abusers this morning, hallelujah, there's rest, hallelujah, and the rest is every day, glory to God, because you to forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing, they're trying to make you just like them. And it's too late up in the season this morning, hallelujah, for you to be joining up with, with different, amen, ways and different peoples and different organizations, hallelujah. How can you be a part of all these organizations and then you turn around and say, well, not all of them are saved, you know. We just, we just my foot. You just want to walk sideways, hallelujah. But the word said that this way is a straight way, hallelujah. So it means that I can't be ducking and dipping and dodging and sliding to the left or to the right. I must stay my course. My course is righteousness. Hallelujah. I must stay walking in righteousness this morning. I must continue to speak in amen the truth. I must continue to hold up. Hallelujah. Hold up this, this blood-stained battle, amen, that was fought at Calvary's Hill, amen. One day, hallelujah. Our big brother, Yeshua, Jesus, hallelujah. See, you know, if we weren't always trying to make scriptures fit according to our lifestyle, we would bleed the gospel. But since we need the scriptures, since we don't want to stop doing some of the things we do, some of us, we'll go and find the scripture where it says no one is perfect. Well, if you saw the scripture say no one is perfect, you saw the one that also said, be ye perfect, for I am perfect. We can praise him this morning. Hallelujah. We can give God a perfect offering every day of our life. Hallelujah. If you start off in the morning time giving him, you know, a lot of people, they want to pray, 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 pray on the set. 
But when they're off the set, hallelujah, they're praying. Amen. I run into a prayer line, amen, that they were hosting. And that woman got ungodly mad with me and said that I was trying to take some of her members. I've had this three, four times. What members? You got an online prayer line, just like I am right here this morning. But you got members. And I'm going to take them. You see? We don't have it right. We are God's members. We are members of his body. Unless you a member of his body, you won't understand this thing is held together, hallelujah, by each one of us participating. But every, every, every place on this set, you will see there are groupies, and there are a number of groupies. But when the apostle come on the set, hallelujah, they can't hardly preach what they're saying. Why? Because the inferior of me even being on that program. So I said, and I do this program, hallelujah, well, I don't have to deal with the controversies, hallelujah, of my fellow friend. We need to become members of his body this morning. This is what Paul was telling the Thessalonian people, hallelujah, that his grace is sufficient and that surely, hallelujah, being that they were members of his body, there is hope for the hurting. So he goes on to say that the coming judgment upon the wicked would bring rest for the persecuted Christians and Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, first chapter, 7 verse. The idea is that both the Thessalonians and Paul and his companions would experience rest. Clearly, this is not intimate and temporal rest, but eternal rest. While we can enjoy spiritual rest in the most high right now, free of condemnation, we have no promise. We have no promise that we will be free of suffering in this life. In fact, just the opposite is the norm. Second Timothy 3.12. Hallelujah. Let's get Second Timothy 3.12 and let's see uh, uh, what's going on over yonder. We'll try not to be before you long. I got to get on over to the house, amen, to the sheepfold for prayer this morning. Uh, I say 312, didn't I? Uh, let me see if I can see this right quick. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll go back to, uh, it says, yes, this is 12. And all who desire to live godly in Yahshua, Jesus Christ, will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hallelujah. But you must continue in the things knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Yeshua. Hallelujah. See, I myself, I understand this morning, hallelujah. I understand, amen, that I was picked out to be picked on. I understand this morning, hallelujah, that suffering is the way. So many times people, amen, they get into this thing, and then they begin to say, I didn't know it was going to be like that. You know, I'm tired of going through, hallelujah. But I want you to know this morning that you're going to reap. You're going to be blessed. And whatever you're going through this morning, if you stay on the battlefield, hallelujah, 
2 Timothy 3.12, it says, yes, you will suffer. The time when the wicked are judged and the righteous are delivered from affliction and given rest is the glorious manifestation of the Almighty and our Savior, Yahshua, Jesus the Christ, from heaven, accompanied by his mighty angels. This is not at the Lord's coming in the cloud, the rapture described in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to the 18 verse. Rather, it refers to Christ coming to earth in judgment at the end of the time of tribulation. Angels will accompany him and help carry out his righteousness judgment. Revelation 19, 11, the 21st verse, 11th verse to the 21st verse, Matthew 13, 37, 43, 49, 50, and Matthew 25, 31, 46, Revelation 19, 11. Amen. I'm going to have to make a mark of those scriptures so I can go back over them and uh, look them up. Hallelujah. So I can keep my focus right. Furthermore, Christ coming in judgment is described as being a flaming fire. 2 Thessalonians 1.8. If this phrase is taken with, is taken with what follows, what, what follows, it would indicate that fire is the means of judgment. However, it is more natural to connect this phrase with what has gone before as a further description. Hallelujah. Of the returning judgment. Hallelujah. The Thessalonian epistle, uh, the preliminary, the precarnation appearance of the Most High in the Old Testament walked and marked by fire. Exodus 3 2, remember? Amen. Exodus 19, 18, Exodus 24, 17, Daniel 7, 9, 10, and Revelation. Hallelujah. Revelation 19, 12. Hallelujah. Describes the returning of the Lord as having eyes like flame of fire. Fire is symbol of God's presence and of divine judgment. Zephaniah 1.8 and Mark 9.43 and Hebrews 12.29. Finally, the coming judgment is described as divine vengeance. 2 Thessalonians 1.8. This is a just payment for evil deeds. You see, those you all that practice evil, hallelujah, you will be rewarded for your evilness. Amen. You will not escape. Amen. You will suffer vengeance. Hallelujah. As a man sow, that shall he reap. Hallelujah. It'll be time for reaping and no more sowing. The most high will sow, amen, upon the earth that for you to reap. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, who averages people, reminding us that it's sure, in fact, the object of Christ's vengeance are those who do not know and do not obey the gospel. These are not two separate groups. Rather, those who do not know God personally by faith are simply defined by their rejection of the gospel. You see, if you reject this word this morning, hallelujah, you won't be saved from the wrath to come. It don't mean, I don't want you to think this morning that just dying is going to be all it is to it. Nobody knows and it's all over with. 
Oh, he will request you of your death, amen. And you will have to stand, hallelujah. And this persecution, amen, it assures all followers of the Most High that the suffering is not purposeless. Amen. You have a purpose of your suffering this morning, family, friend. Amen. And that there is ultimate moral justice. You will see them with your eyes. A lot of people you see that die. Evil is all I do, screaming and hollering. Telling you, they coming to get me. I've heard them. They coming to get me. Oh, no, don't let them get me. They will come and get you. Hallelujah. And it will not be the angels of the Most High God. It will be the one that you have, amen, obeyed. If you obey your father, Satan, if he be your father, you do the deeds of your father, hallelujah. If you do the deeds of the most high, then he is your father, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who suffer for the sake of Yeshua will be vindicated. And those who persecute God's people will suffer the judgment of God, knowing that God is a savior and will not forever tolerate evil helps us patiently endure suffering in faith. Hallelujah. Coming to a close, the result of the most highest judgment is 2 Thessalonians 1.9.10. Verse 9 speaks of the abiding result of the judgment on those who do not know God or obey the gospel. The divine vengeance they suffer is described as punishment with everlasting destruction. Everlasting is the same word used for God's eternal in Romans 6, 20, 16, 26. And the believer's eternal life, while we are accustomed to thinking of destruction at the end of something, the destruction of ruins of unbelievers is unneeding. The Greek word is never translated. The eternal destruction of the unbelievers, of the unsaved is further described as being away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. In 2 Thessalonians 1 now, one of the great horrors of eternal punishment is unending separation from the presence of the Almighty. The hopelessness that marks the lives of the of so many people in this life will be will be the lot of all the unsaved in eternity where they will be excluded from the Lord's presence with no hope of their destiny ever changing. This is the extent opposition <coughs> excuse me of the promise for opposite of the promise for believers. Paul pointed to it in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, that they will forever be with the Lord. The unsaved will also be separated from the glory of the Lord's power. This is a future description of separation from Yah. The emphasis here again may be on the utter, on the utter hopelessness of those who are judged, for they will be forever banned from the presence of the one who possessed the power to save them from such punishment. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The return of the Most High will be a time of judgment for unbelievers, but a time of glorification for Christ himself. He will be glorified in the presence of his saints at that time. The peril, the peril 
thought that he will be marveled at by all who believe. Give us a clear picture of all believers, the saints, the holy ones, being honored to Christ. The proposition in can mean either in the saint or among them. Probably both ideas are present. The Almighty, Yeshua, will, glory, will, will, will receive glory when it is openly displayed what he has wrought in his saints. Now assemble with him in the glorious body and perfected in spirit. Hallelujah. Paul, amen, he, 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 You'll see, in a brief aside, Paul makes this whole scene very personal to the Thessalonian Christians. They will be among those saints who bring glory to the Lord at his coming because they believe the testimony of Paul and the other missionaries. The believers in Thessalonians could endure the trials they were facing because they had believed in Christ and could look forward to his coming, knowing justice would be done and Yah would be glorified in them. Hallelujah. And the coming the closing, it states prayer for the afflicted. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus Christ, may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. So Paul concludes by assuring his Thessalonian brethren of the missionary prayers on their behalf. Their prayers were in light of the persecution of the Thessalonians were enduring but also in light of the justice of the Most High, Yah, that will be fully revealed, amen, in the coming of Christ. The constant prayer of Paul and his fellow missionaries focus on two things. First, they prayed that God would count the Thessalonian Christians worthy of their calling. In 2 Thessalonians 1.5, Paul speaks of their being counted worthy to enter God's kingdom in verse 11. He prayed that God would count them worthy or uh, affirm that they had lived up to the purpose of their salvation. The emphasis here is on the practical outworking of their faith, especially in the midst of persecution. Second, they would indeed be counted worthy if they fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness. Hallelujah. The Greek could be more smoothly translated even designed for good, thus the prayers was for God to bring the prudent, the desire to good, to do good that he had instilled in the believer. This would be seen outwardly in the work of faith, hallelujah. That is, that the work that is produced by faith, the constant prayer of Paul and his friends were for the Thessalonians to demonstrate the change the change God had worked in their life, God had implanted new desires in them, but they could by realize, but they could be, re, be realized only as the Thessalonians 
trusted God and relied on his power. See, we got to rely this morning on his power, amen. We got to trust him this morning, hallelujah. We got to believe this morning that, amen, our laboring is not in vain, that if we would, amen, keep on. So the goal of the missionary prayer was that Christ would be glorified in the Thessalonian name in verse 12 refers to the Lord's person and character. The goal of all believers should be to live in a way that brings honor to Christ by revealing his character in our life. Amazing when we do this, he also brings glory to us. The mutual glorification is enriched, is enriched solely by his grace. For it is not written within our powers, not within our powers to exalt him as he desire. Let us thank God this morning for his grace, which allows us, which allows us, hallelujah, to fulfill his purpose for us and to properly exalt him even in times of suffering. Hallelujah. And we're coming to a close, but here's some questions. Hallelujah. And we will finish this up if the most high would bless. Uh, question one is how does Paul greeting in Thessalonica compare to his greeting in First Thessalonians? How does Paul greeting in Second Thessalonians compare to his greeting in First Thessalonians? Second question, what did Paul thank God for in regarding to the Thessalonians? Third question, who did the missionaries boast among the churches? Fourth question, how did the church patience and faith admire persecution point to God's righteous judgment? Fifth question, why is it right for God to repay the persecution of believers? Sixth question, what does flaming fire signify in 2 Thessalonians 1.8? Seventh question, how would God's coming judgment, hallelujah, encourage the Thessalonians? Hallelujah. Eighth question, how is the divine punishment of unbelievers described? Ninth question, how is Christ glorified at his coming? Verse 10. And the last but not least, for what did Paul and his coming Paul and his companions pray regarding the Thessalonians. Hallelujah. This is the conclusion of this morning's lesson. And if it, uh, um, if it be, amen, the will of God, uh, in the morning we will finish this and close the segment. I May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer for you today. Hallelujah. Remember the call letters for this, amen, conference call is... Uh, Six zero five. Uh, I gotta look it up myself. I call it every morning. I call it every morning. And uh <laughs> six zero five five six two zero four four four. Uh the ID is one 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 two five three pound, and then it'll ask you a man to put in uh one pound and you'll be live and on the air with us. We'll be so glad to have you to come in here. Amen. And let him use you. Peace and blessings. Selah Shalom. <coughs>
<laughs> Excuse me. Oh, I praise him this morning. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details